Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? How you been? I gotta tell you, I love this time of year. Fall might be my favorite time of year, but I love this time of year because the days are longer and, well, you know, they're the same length, but it's brighter out. So rooftop bars are opening back up. So you got a happy hour and you get to have a pint on top of, uh, you know, some awesome building in the city and get a great view. But what am I talking about this for? I'm just, I'm riding high. I've been talking with some great people in the food industry, and they've been so kind in putting me into contact with other people. So we've had the La Frida episode, and now we have Chef Paul Denemuel. He is the owner and the head chef at Le Ravage on Restaurant Row, and that's where I went. We actually went to his apartment above the restaurant. It's an amazing restaurant. I had been there before. I can't wait to go back. Maybe by the time this episode has been released, I have gone back. Maybe there's even some video footage. So go to YouTube, go to our YouTube channel and see if there is. But anyway, uh, I went there. And he's got an apartment above the restaurant, and they were fixing up the... He's got this beautiful old uh, private dining room area, huge, the whole like first floor. And I, I, I can't imagine what kind of events he's going to be having there, and the guests and the uh, great dinner parties. Maybe I'll get to be invited to one someday. Paul, hint, hint. Uh, but yeah, so we were in there, and I just loved it. I was in the heart of New York, interviewing this amazing chef, a French-American chef, but that's not all he is. He's, he's, he's an awesome guy. He's a hilarious guy. This is a, this is a silly episode. I, I really, I love this episode. Paul's a funny guy. I think we had a great time talking, and, well, you know, I always try to make it a conversation, but I'm just asking questions, and I just, I, I was loving his answers, and we just, we just talk about so many things, but we're in the heart of New York City. We got sirens going by, you know, they're working on his apartment. I love hearing the old, the steaming pipes, and we've got a guest appearance a few times by his dog, Emma, a welcome guest. I love dogs, and she had a few things to say. So, without further ado, here's me and Chef Paul talking a little bit of everything. 
getting the big things I'm doing now to help myself out is whenever there's a moment like like I said, I mean we've got your your dog in here. If there's like a do- if a dog barks like a, a guest of mine, it's part of the I show. Just, I just yeah, part part of the show. I'll I'll write down the time in case like or like if the doorbell rang and they started to you know go on. But uh, I mean if uh, we'll just. We'll jump right in. She's she's, em- she's Emma's her name. Yeah, she's good. She's, she's good. Out for, Emma out for the count. <laughs> she's knocked the fuck out. Is this what is this a PG? St- is this no? PG? Anything okay, you wanna? Good. Yeah, anything goes. Good. Yeah. Anything. Good thing you told me that because. Well, I mean, what do you want to tell me? That's not just PG. What are we, what are we talking about? Uh, we can go all over the place. You know, I'm. I'm I'm nearing this the half century mark, so I've got a few few stories behind me. Oh, now. Uh, ha- yeah, half century. Or yeah. you, you got any big plans? Um, no, I think I got a couple more years to plan it. Okay. So I'm okay. turning 48 or wait, 71, 89. Yeah, turning. Yeah. That happens more and more, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like last year, I went to dinner with my mom, and I was telling her, I was like, "This, oh man, it sucks. I'm turning like 40. I'm gonna be just like." Oh, last year, it's like, oh, I'm turning 48. And she's like, no, you boob. You're only 47. <laughs> I'm like, really? I've been telling people I've been 48 for like the last, the past year now. It's like, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, my 30th. I, so I'm going to be turning 32 on my 30th. I just always like to, I have like a family dinner because my mm. mom just makes like amazing uh, yeah, barbecue ribs. And that's like what yeah, I want. Yeah, but there's, there's not... There's nothing that says that you have to have one party. Oh, no, no, exactly. <laughs> so I do like a family thing and I do like a friend. I like think a, 50 is going to deserve like, I think, I didn't do 45. I wanted to do 45. I didn't do 45. I wanted to do four. I didn't do 40. So I think I'm going to catch up and, and on 50, I'm just going to do the whole shebang and just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. That's proper. I like it. You know? <laughs> and then, yeah, the last few years have been rough. <laughs> So how um how long did you did you get to have Pat on because he's hard to wrangle? I um, like an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I was just I, I figured with him. That means that, that means he was deep into conversation. Yeah. Because we I know yeah. him to like. Okay, we're done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like I figured with him, it was. I mean, he was really cool from the get go. I just I reached out to him because I saw him post something on Instagram saying. From my uh, army days, I'm just good at you know. Re- I like to reply to people as soon as possible. Yeah, I I and, try, I try, but oh, it's so difficult. I can't imagine. I mean, <sighs> and he did put on it like his people in like his business and his customers and that kind of stuff. But I figured, why not reach out to him and, and look what happened. Now I'm getting to talk to you. So, yeah, me and him go way back. Our families go way back. Yeah, he's mentioned so his dad used to supply to your dad. Let's so talk about that. Yeah. it's even more than that because, um. My dad came to this country after he did like three years tour duty in North Africa in Algeria. Oh, wow. And he went back to France for like two weeks and then said, fuck this, and then came here. Okay. His two older brothers were here. But his brother is older by 10 years. So there's like a big age gap. So like I always looked at my uncle as being like, the grandfather sure because of the, the like the, the, age, the pronounced yeah. age difference and then my dad who was the baby in the family and then and then there was another an older brother who was closer to the older brother so they my dad was really like the baby in the family and i think my we they had an aunt here that was in the business too mm-hmm. and i think she's the one that introduced my uncle to Pat Lafreda so we're oh, going okay. back 
I don't know how long, <laughs> but yeah. at least three generations, definitely. Wow. Yeah. All right. I mean, but they don't coincide. You know, they're not parallel, but it's definitely three generations of like family, sure, family dealings you know? and stuff like that. Do you remember the first time meeting Pat? I mean, you're just you guys are practically the same age, so yeah, we're the same age. Yeah. I think he's one, one. One year older, I think. I think he's, he's one year old. No, 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 no. I might be the, the oldest. Okay. I know. I like to, I I like to say I'm the oldest, but I look the youngest. <laughs> if you see all those boobs, you, there's a there's a whole posse around Pat Lafreda. So yeah, we, yeah was, was that the one that was down in South Beach? Because I follow, yes. I follow you both that, on Instagram. And yeah, saw, that's that's the that's the that's a tight crew there. Yeah, he, he there's wrote, more, <laughs> and not everybody, you know. Yeah. But it's it's seldom that we really get to have everybody in one shot we try to make efforts for birthdays and things like that but uh south beach that was that was a good crew he wrote back to me he was just like oh just got back from sobe and i'm so uncool i was just like i googled sobe location oh south beach <laughs> i didn't know that that's like the well, they, nickname yeah they order. short it it's yeah. like uh it's on it's yeah. on all the advert that's it it is so oh, okay yeah i know like nola for new orleans yeah so, but yeah but like even in manhattan there's all these abbreviations now that yeah. i'm like i'm like i'm sorry what yeah i've only lived here 50 years i still what what huh? well, do, let me yeah so I, I mean i've got a bunch of questions for you but uh try to make it as much of a conversation versus me feeling like larry king or something but yeah you so you you grew up in new york yeah. You grew up in the Upper East Side? I grew up, as a kid, I grew up on the Upper East Side because my dad um, had a restaurant there on forty on 86, okay. sorry. 86 between 1st and 2nd. And that was like the first restaurant in the whole family that really took off. Okay. And it, originally it was on 86 between 2nd and 3rd. And that in those days, Yorkville was Germantown. So like all through the early part of the century up through World War II and everything, that was, Yorkville was Germantown. Yeah. It was nothing, nothing but German dance halls, beer halls, restaurants. I think there's still that one place, Heidelberg. Heidelberg so, is yeah, still there great, on 2nd yeah. Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, um, the son, the son is still the, uh, is the owner there. I oh, used okay. to go to karate class together. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Our teacher was Johnny Cool with a K. <laughs> Boy, this and this must have pri- been like right around a, the time of like Karate Kid, right? This yeah, is, he was. Cool. His name was Johnny Cool. Yeah. Was a big German guy. Johnny Cool. He was a private detective. So he always carried guns. Are you serious? And while he was teaching, it was it was insane. The I look 80s at back were at it now. Eighties were fucking special. Everybody wants the eighties to come back. Everybody's trying really hard to make yeah. that come back. Between the music, the sh- the movies, Fashion, and everything, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. So that restaurant was really the our family namesake for a while, and. I th- I remember um they couldn't cut it. It was like it was really rough. I remember them uh a lot of the um, people telling, "Why would you open a French restaurant after World War II right in Germantown? There's no way that's going to survive." <laughs> it ended up being the best thing because like it was it was there was no competition. Yeah. It was the only French restaurant. They were in the middle of a very um, the Germans I was like at that period were like okay we it was like time to make amends or something like sure, that yeah, they were yeah. like the best customers I remember my uh, my 
my uncle and my dad had to accommodate because all the German workers, when they used to go to work, they would go to the restaurant. They had to open up the bar in the morning because everybody wanted shots and coffee, like <laughs> peach schnapps and all these schnapps and all those German liquors yeah. and coffee just to go to work. So the restaurant was basically open 24-7. Wow. Because of it just was like the demand. It was an, it was an, that establishment was insane. And, and I know that they moved to between first and second. I know my, um, my family purchased the building, and it was a good—I um, remember that they closed one restaurant, moved the restaurant, and opened the second restaurant all mm-hmm. in the same day. So back then, I mean, you said you know, they opened up a French restaurant in a German neighborhood, but just French culture in general. Do you see it in New York? No. No? No. It's—you um, talk about restaurants and, like, yeah, the I traditional mean, French restaurant? Yeah. Because over here, the word restaurant has been lost. Like McDonald's is called a restaurant, <laughs> right? Yeah. In France, there are categories. A rest, there's restaurant, bistro, yeah. brasserie, bistro, and all those words define the type of eating establishment you're going to I love categories. I think we you need know? more categories. Restaurant means yeah. you have a tablecloth, okay. you have service, you have proper silverware, you have wine service, you have the full gamut of food etiquette and proper service. Yeah. Well, it's like... Don't we use entree the wrong way here? Doesn't entree? Yeah, entree it means entry. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> that's right. Right, it's it is a lot of. Ba- I mean, we're in America. What do we do best? Bastardization of stuff, right? I mean, yeah, but like it's like, but this is where the best of the best want to make it. You know what I mean? No, oh, of course. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, New York. To me, it's weird. Like I love New York. It's my city. I, you know, the first day I got my license, I looked at my friends. I said, "Okay, who wants to come into the yeah, city? We're, I'm we're gonna, driving to Manhattan." Driving Manhattan, but it's while it is incredibly special to me, I think I do take it for granted. And especially when I started traveling abroad a few years ago, um, you know, I go into I go actually the first place besides like Bahamas and that kind of stuff. First place I, I ever went in Europe, I landed in Paris. And I'm walking around, and I'm just like, you know, this, this is amazing. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful, old, you know, old city, and it is a big city. It, uh, but I've heard that the most comparable, I'm sure there's more now, like Shanghai and a lot of places in China, but like Tokyo and London, I heard yeah. they're like the closest. Yeah. But I just look, and I'm like, ah, this isn't a city. Like, again, there's categories. There's A cities, B cities, like C cities as far as like size and, you know, yeah. obviously. I mean, if you... In- and if you want to compare cities in like activity, okay, New York, Tokyo, Paris, London, right? Yeah. But Paris, uh, but Tokyo is is every city, but the ten years in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, they <laughs> get they figure their shit out. They yeah. they like you go there, they ha- innovate everything. They, they those people live in the future. Yeah. And then Paris is they're they're struck. They want to keep that old heritage. I mean, you have, they have they 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 localized the modern part of it, and then, but everything else they try to, you know, to keep and and like make it look the way it was. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you go I'll look at these old pictures of New York, it's a shame of what we've destroyed. Oh you yeah. Know, like the old train stations and everything. Like we lost a lot of heritage. The fact that this city used to be called the Big Oyster instead of the Big Apple. Exactly. I mean, oysters are coming back, but you look at those. I want to get like a beautiful old black and white print of just like those oyster shell piles. Like, uh, just that's amazing to me. I, 
that's yeah. You know, but you see, that's th- those are the things that are like sometimes they just get lost. Yeah. And they're done, and they, you can never get back. Yeah. You know, but New York is now. I can see it on this block. If you if you see, have you been on this block before, Restaurant yes. Row? Yeah, so I've been to your establishment before. Oh, cool! Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you should have let me know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you see, they're like they're struggling to keep like the authenticity of the block, you know, and then yes. like the lanterns and everything. It when you walk onto this block, it literally looks like early 1900s, mm-hmm. you know, and the light, the lighting, and the buildings. So now you can't really. It's really without it being protected or even like historical monuments they still try to keep it the way it is yeah you don't you want to become a historical monument because then you're screwed <laughs> yeah i mean there's for business but it's yeah. a shame in one way it's it's it, it, it's cash or history yeah uh i mean with this city what what changes have you seen then for I mean for the better I mean just from the time I guess we we can keep it just even to the food industry. Every, listen, every everybody loves everybody loves to bitch. It seems like everybody's complaining, right? Yeah. You know why? I feel like everybody's complaining because they have nothing because things are good. Yeah, and it's usually because when 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 things when things are bad, you don't have time to bitch. You have to take care of your own problem. You have to take care. You have lost your job. This, that. Sure, yeah. Like you, you have problems. You don't. You, whenever you have a problem, you don't. You can't focus on the rest. The f- sheer fact that so many people are complaining on behalf of other people now. Yes. And is just it's just in, insane. And we so also that, have so many means to hear those complaints. Exactly. And yeah. and I just feel like I just feel like that's because things are too good. Things are are better. I mean, as much as everybody wants to complain. I, I mean, I do think, I mean, every, you know, year is a progression. There's obviously plenty of people pointing out that there are still shit things in this world that we need to work on or, you know. Just, yeah, but I mean, for us in, in New York oh, yeah. and as a country, yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, <laughs> except for the MTA. <laughs> oh my god that's, that's the one thing Listen, but yeah the, but that's that's an acceptable <laughs> that's an exa- t- acceptable mess you is know? that yeah is that something is yeah is it, a, <laughs> is it a beautiful mess is it that one thing that you're just like that that i don't know imperfection that you just come to accept and you realize i'm living in new york so i might as well yeah. everybody said oh new york city it's lost its flavor and everything it's been disney-fied you know we've lost cbgb we lost 42nd street yeah it's lost a little grittiness you I know think. yeah but good good <laughs> it's good for business you don't want to i mean you're right near times square you don't want to walk yeah. down to be solicited well, oh, no no i'm good you know I, i'm old now i got kids i like i got i'm, I'm part of the old guard now now yeah. you know get off i'm the get off my porch old so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so is this is this right now your favorite period living in new york is every year just getting better in your opinion but like no like, i mean obviously listen, there's times of nostalgia too yeah, so you of course, can't, yeah. I, who doesn't love nostalgia we were talking about the 80s you know yeah and stuff like that but the good parts of it oh, you know yeah. i don't i don't miss you know the crack horse and and the and the pimps and and people getting thrown off of buildings and I mean I've seen it all. Yeah. Like a dead body was not a big deal in the in the eighties. Yeah. Or, you know me coming to this neighborhood the very first day I came to this restaurant. Yeah. And my father said, "Oh, we're we're opening up a space on Forty Six between Eighth and I'm like, what? And now people are like, "Oh my god!" I'm like <laughs> what? It's it's like, wait, 
I wasn't allowed to come to this neighborhood when I was a kid. Yeah. And now you're telling me we're opening up a place here? What is wrong with you? It, I was... So what year did this... Did 82. Open? 82. 82. This okay. location opened in 82. It was always a restaurant. Uh, it was uh, Great Aunt Fanny's, and then before that was the Swiss Inn. Um, a Swiss chef and owner who, was a, who actually was friends of ours, and then we bought the place from him. Okay. And we've been here since... Uh, 82. Why are you <laughs> barking, doggy? Um, and then we st- and we opened this one in Tangent. The other one was still open, and we closed the other place on the upper on the Upper East Side within like a five year window. I think. Okay. And when did you? I'm sure you were working here since you were a kid. Yeah, but I, when did you officially? So I I've been working here uh 27 years and i became the official owner my son 17 eight, about 18 years ago okay yeah and so i've been here a while yeah i mean sometimes i like i have to i have to do the math in my head and i'm like wait i've been here how long i was like <laughs> sometimes so then when you see those numbers you're like okay is it is it time for a change or now are you in it for the long haul i mean what's the deal so what changes have you had in the past 18 years? I mean, we we definitely have to talk about your French onion soup, the award-winning oh, burger. Oh, the French onion soup burger? But, what, yeah, so, inclu- the, I mean, including the that. The bane yeah. of my father's existence. <laughs> it, yeah? Oh, yeah. It was like, um, so, Pat LaFrida and my best friend Mark, so Mark and Pat, my best friends, um, they sponsor the Food and Wine Festival. Okay. And... And the most popular event at the Food and Wine Festival is Burger Bash. So they, it's like, it's like you, you have to do something. It's an, it's embarrassing that you know we're friends and you don't participate. <laughs> you don't do, you know, you don't do anything. You, you got to do something. I said, the pressure was on. But like, but yeah, but I, I don't, I don't have a burger on the, yeah, on the menu. It's like, it's like, well, put one on. <laughs> so I did. And one of the very first things my dad said, he was like, if you put a burger on the menu, I will never step foot in this establishment again. Oh. <laughs> well, the very next day we had a burger on the menu. <laughs> and he, you know, and false promises, he was, he stuck around. So I, what was the menu like before that burger? The same the as same it is as, now. Same as it is exactly now. Exactly yeah. the same. It's, it's like, I, that, that's one of the cons of having a restaurant that's been here so long and and we have a very loyal customer base. Mm-hmm. Like we have like an 80 to 90 repeat business of customers. Wow. It's insane. And that's just because we've had it for like 70, 80 years from the other establishment. Yeah. They all came here. Oh, and they all fo- Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. And the menu, it is, you change one thing on that menu, it's like a freaking revolution. People are like, are like no, you you can't do this. I've reduced the menu very slowly. Sure. Like I've reprinted menus for like three years, like every other week with one item less or one change. So so it's very subtle, but still, it's even doing that, it's still a struggle. And bis- so we yeah. have the limited, we have the classic menu that's been around forever, and then we have daily specials that are mine okay. that I try to be modernized. Yeah. And then I have uh, the specials. The burger had to go on the menu. Yeah, that that was a must. It blew up, right? It blew up, and then so I won a couple of times the um, judges' choice. I'm, the, in fact, I'm the only one who's ever won judges' choice twice. Wow! So there's that's that's a first. Back to back? No, not uh, no, not back to back. I couldn't tell you no, the years. Okay. It's okay. 
But, but so um, what was the first year with the burger? That I think was... it was 2014. Okay, yeah. And then, or 13, 14, something like that. And then 17 was the last time. And I think it, it just it just picked up speed. And then uh, a lot of bloggers came in. I got to give credit to Gotham Burger. Mm-hmm. They, they talked about it. And, and then after that, some insider came. And I think that's what I saw it on. Yeah, and that's why I, that's why I came. And she um, she uh, she did a video and everything, and that reached like, if I'm not mistaken, it's close to 20 million hits. Wow. On on just Facebook Insider alone. So you've got your loyal customers, your customers that came from the Upper East Side that you've seen talk about generational, we're yeah. saying, between you and the Lafritas, but then obviously customers too. You must have seen customers and then them I've having seen, kids. I've and seen uh, tables now. I've seen three to four generations sitting at the same table that, that have been coming to this restaurant. But then you must get a lot of people like me coming in, then trying having the burger and there with their cell phone, well, taking a I picture. Could, it's weird. It's weird. I'll, so I'll can walk, you just point it out? I can. I can so if I, sometimes if I run late, for service and I walked through the dining room just before like pre-theater rush I could tell you who's eating who came for the burger right away (laughs) (laughs) needless to say I don't want to say how I know but like you could tell who's coming in for the burger and and sure enough as soon as those burgers come out heads turn yeah and then if 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 I'm fortunate to sell a burger early in the evening as a visual and it comes out because it's a great visual too. It comes out on, on the cutting board, and it's it just looks really cool. Yeah. Then boom, boom, boom. That's all you sell. That's the whole thing. I mean, besides it being an amazing tasting burger, it's just beautiful presentation. The, the burger, the burger is um, is the best seller um, after eight eight p.m. It's the second overall best seller. No, what's the first? The duck. The duck. We sell a lot of duck. And what what? style is the it's duck the classic duck no so no duck breast no confit it's just a half a duck roasted orange you know duck a l'orange like I, a very like i gotta come back <laughs> uh, it's good it is it's the it's the only sweet sauce i make because i'm uh, um by trade my talent is a associate mm-hmm. like when you go to a, a french restaurant and you go in the brigade there's, you know, the chef, the executive chef, the chef de cuisine, and then you have the sous chefs, and then you yeah. have the saucier is usually one of the sous chefs. That's that's my niche. And the saucier usually takes care of sauces, dressings, soups, and things like that. I just, I love creating those flavors that's, from, yeah. like, stocks and just, you know, an evolution, which nobody likes to do anymore. That's amazing. It's, that's honestly, that's, like, one of my dreams. I wish I had, like, when I love to cook, that's what I tend to focus on and that's why that's why I love most so I'm actually I'm very thrilled to hear that because that's just really I, w- I want to talk about that more tell me what it is to be I mean, a I'm, I'm, a, I'm worried that, that sauces are going to be a lost art really just because people are freaking lazy because you got it, the stock alone even t- in the industry I mean nobody's doing it from scratch from beginning to end they're, they're either I mean I would like to think so and but I just don't see it happening because I see the end result, and I know there are a few steps are missing. Yeah, you know, it's it's okay. It's it's not polished. It's not. There are shortcuts taken, and the shortcuts are taken just because of like the labor that's involved in making a sauce. And then I don't know. Maybe it's because of labor laws and everything. It's just it's becoming too expensive to produce certain items. Yeah. What are some of the cliche shortcuts? 
Well, they're they're going to buy their stock. Okay. Right. Yeah. Or um, or they're just going to do uh, a reduction sauce. Like reduction sauce are very popular, and that's become like the norm. Like, no, that's for me. That's like that's the beginning step to making your sauce. Yeah. Then you have to incorporate other ingredients and wine and and or liquor or I mean, there's there are different levels to the to the sauces. In creating a dish, so like you said, the specials, that's like your time to move away from the, your traditional menu. Well, it's not that moving away from the menu, a traditional menu. It's more me moving away from, um, because my uncle was the chef mm-hmm. and, you know, all my family in, a, in, a, in mother and father's side are chefs and everything like that. So it's like... You know, I gotta. I have to put something of mine there. Yeah. Because, like, for so many years in the beginning, people, oh, you're just doing your family recipes. Yeah, you're, and you're carrying like, on. I am. I yeah. am. But like, but now I'm the last man standing. I'm the only one who's making them. I mean, okay, so maybe I didn't create them, but there's been an evolution to them. They're mm-hmm. definitely. They're only a better version of what they were before. Okay. That's like that's the only compliment that I seem to get that I love hearing is that. I just keep getting better. You know, it's just like the, it's so the first compliment, Oh, this tasted just like I had it, you know, 10 years ago, that consistency, that's the secret to, Mm -hmm. that's the secret to, uh, to make, to McDonald's it's consistency. And you know, right. I mean, I don't want to compare myself to McDonald's, but that's a big deal. If you can keep things consistent Mm -hmm. and really like, like that flavor that that person had and they're guaranteed getting in again, like, a week from now, a month from now, um, a year from now, five, ten, twenty, thirty years from now. Yeah, that's a big, big deal, and it's an impossibility because what restaurant has a chef that stays there for that, for that long? long? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's one of the perks of of me being the chef owner here. Like, I'm consistently here. There's, you know, I'm always watching. I'm always babysitting the the flavors. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Emma, are you are you getting needy? <laughs> Yes, Emma the doggy is here. <laughs> a welcomed addition. And welcome addition. You're better. It's, she's better off here than barking upstairs, yelping for me. Yeah, they're doing work here. We're, I mean, we're we're recording in your uh, <laughs> private dining room right so, now. So, so we're in the middle of. Um, well, this is more than a private dining room. This oh, I'm is, sorry. Yeah. This is a huge dining room. Yes, a hu- yes. But um, yeah, I have a uh, I have construction going on upstairs at the same time. So there's there's a lot going on today. <laughs> When when creating a dish as a saucier, do you come up with the sauce first? Like, is that an inspiration? What is, or does it always um, differentiate? I'm a, I'm a stickler for old recipes. Okay. And and so what I do is, I know what the recipe asks for, mm-hmm. but I'll bring my flavors and originality to those recipes. So my steak au poivre sauce. Okay. So. Everybody, a traditional textbook puff sauce is going to be your cognac, your reduction, and your cream and the peppercorn. Mm-hmm. But I, I have I because of my I love to do sauces. I actually combine two or three sauces to make my puff sauce. Oh wow! And again, each each of those are different. Have their lineage and long steps and then a final step is combining those and even that even the combination of those is tricky because uh, you can't have a dominant flavor that surpasses like your peppercorn what's your favorite item on your menu right now do you have one 
Um, okay. Uh, uh, cash register wise, I'm really loving that burger. <laughs> but for for me, that I I need to have it on the menu so I can eat it when I want to. Yeah. Uh, sweetbreads. Sweetbreads. And but yes, I had Pat told me he was like, "Have you had this?" And, uh, so yeah. I took it off the regular menu because it was available all the time, and I was eating way too much, and that's not good for you. And yeah. so now it's just one day a week special. So if I want it, I make sure that I eat it that day, and then it's gone. But, it, <laughs> but that's how good that dish is, is that I had to reduce the availability to myself Yeah. because I would eat that all the time. Do you find yourself just like when in the kitchen just yeah, like – Yeah, I eat too much. Yeah, I, I used to – I still work random days. At, my first job ever was a deli in my hometown. So it's oh, weird. the deli is the worst place to – Yeah. Because like just everything – piles is, of bacon. <laughs> yeah, but everything is readily – Ready to eat. Yeah. I mean, cheeses, oh, cold yeah. cuts. I mean... I just slice like an extra... Like, all of a sudden, I'm making a turkey sandwich. I'm like, oh, one slice of turkey, a slice of American. Just roll it up and <sighs> dunk it in some mayo. Oh, and <laughs> who hasn't done that? I've done... Oh, the pin, I love pinwheels. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would say that that is the most lost power of electricity is keeping a refrigerator door doing that. You know what I mean? You're just home and you're just like, okay, you unravel all the... All the cold cuts and uh-huh. just, yeah, you know, we're doing it right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some cheese, pinwheel, the cheese, the salami, the ham, the turkey. Yeah, I've done that a billion times. Mm-hmm. So we're on 46 between 9th and 8th uh, and 9th. Between Restaurant eighth and ninth. Row. Restaurant Theater row. District. Exactly. It's got so a. What, what, does that, what does that mean to you? Not, like you said, when, also when your dad said, oh, we're going to buy. And you're like, what? what why? I'm not even allowed to go over there. But now I, this is. Well, first of all, for any people that aren't aware of Restaurant Row, if you can just explain well, what it is. I'll tell you my first impression. And I was guilty just like everybody else. This whole neighborhood is, is like a tourist trap. You know, you have like. You have TGI Fridays. You have um, what's the, te- the the breadstick one there? The oh, Olive Garden. Olive Garden. You yeah. have all this thing like two blocks away. Applebee's. Yeah, you have all that stuff literally. Yeah. Blocks away. Incredibly overpriced because even for them. Well, they need to pay rent. Exactly. You know. Heart of Times Square, heart of the city. And which I have another advantage here. I mean, that's why I also have a, a loyal customer base because since you know I'm the landlord as well, mm-hmm. I'm. I have that extra gift that I can share with the customers is like I don't have to jack up my prices. Yeah. So that makes it very attractive to come here. But like I like initially I was like oh I don't want to move to this neighborhood and especially in in the 80s it yeah. was you know it was rough and then but you know we made it happen you know and uh, Giuliani came around and really focused on this neighborhood just to prove a point and we reaped yeah. the benefits. Yeah. And Right now, you, you you look at like if you look at this block, mm-hmm. you cannot tell that you're like a block away from Times Square. No, it's it's quiet. It's quiet. It looks like a, it looks like an old vintage street. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 a classic old New York look to it. Talking of New York and changes, it's called Hell's Kitchen. Well, Hell's Kitchen for a reason. It was properly named. Yeah. You know, and but now it's now it's a, a cooking show. Now it's a, <laughs> it's a hashtag. Now it's a, it's cool. Yeah, it's food, you know? food network boulevard. <laughs> yeah, Hell's Kitchen was not where you wanted to live. No, it was, now it's it, like it was appropriately named. Now it's now it's cool. Yeah. So what what did you did you come for the burger? 
I came for the burger. Okay. I saw it via Thrillist or what 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 have you, and that's I came I came for the burger. As I'm sure, I mean, probably you get I mean many new customers that way or younger customers. It's or, it's great. It's yeah. I should have um, honestly I should have um, you know it's not that I didn't want to do it, but when when it's a family business and my father is a certain age and. You, He's very involved in just at least being here. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he doesn't technically work here, but he comes every day. And, I mean, he needs something to do, right? Yeah. And this is like, is, um, you know, it's like the family jewel. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's what, you know, it's the continuation of, it's the last part of his life that's still around. Well, it's like Pat's dad going exactly. to work and working Exactly. There. It's exactly the same. And that's got to be great for, again, your loyal customers to see and yeah, just they for, love, and they, for him to see people that he's known for decades. Well, they love, I can tell you uh, right away when he's here because customers like, oh, they, they fawn over him. They, they like, they, they're so thrilled. Oh, you're still here. It's yeah. great to see. You. And it makes it, it's, it also lends credibility to, it makes it seem like it's, it's truly a family business, which it is, but sometimes you don't see that. That's a visual. Yeah. You know? Just going back to neighborhoods for a second, what does it mean to you to be a New Yorker? I want to know, like, that, that newest neighborhood that was, they, they named it already. I feel like New Yorkers should name neighborhoods, like, once it's, like, before, not before it's built. So the Hudson Rail Yards I'm re- re- uh, Well, it gives to. it that, it, well, before there were neighborhoods. Yeah. Like, every, every neighborhood had kids in the street. Like, I remember growing up, we were in the streets, we were walking around. Yeah. Every neighborhood had families and everything it's a little harder to see now mm-hmm. uh, you don't see that that neighborhood cohesiveness where everybody knows each other but on this block alone there is and that's just from a lot of these places being here for a long time yeah and just seeing the same people consistently day in and day out so you create you create that little village atmosphere um being a new yorker so this is something like I've, I always encounter because people ask me, oh, "Well, how, what do you feel you you are? Your, what are? What's your heritage? What do you feel? Your parents are French, um, but you're born here. Are you French? Are you American?" I always love to answer, "I'm a New Yorker." Yeah, I'm like, up front, I'm a New Yorker first, then an American, and then French when it can and when it's uh, convenient to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and. Yeah. But but being a New Yorker is something, and then and then saying on top of it now that I've lived the better part of my life in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Um, you know, for Hell's Kitchen, New York. That's you know, that's who I am. That's awesome. That's that's why I love. Uh, I'm I live in Jersey City now, and so I grew up in truly the like the suburbs of New York. I mean, obviously you have Long Island; those are right. like the original suburbs, and but. New Jersey, right, you know, right across the river. It's practically where I grew up is practically like another borough to here. As maybe some New Yorkers <laughs> might be offended by that. There's always the New York, New Jersey riffs. But I live in Jersey City now, and that's what I love. I live in a neighborhood called the Heights, and just every neighborhood you'd still get to see. Like I say hi to my neighbors every day. So, so which is who's New York's redheaded stepchild? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You said, listen, I like. I came to this neighborhood when I was uh, 12 okay. and started working here with my dad and my uncle. And that was the worst of it. We were in the middle of the worst of it. 
So I feel like, you know, even more so because we chose to come here. Yeah. We chose to endure here. And now that we're reaping the benefits of stay, sticking around, not giving up, enduring everything that we went through. <gasps> and <laughs> what, are you, Emma, what could you possibly Emma, be barking Emma, at? Emma agrees. She, no, it seems uh, like uh, she's disagreeing. Uh, disagreeing, okay. Okay, Emma. <laughs> okay, you, you got – this is why I let you come here to be quiet, but you can't do this, okay? <laughs> the description of New York. Mm-hmm. I really feel that – Times Square, this neighborhood is basically like the capital of the world. Everybody on the planet wants to come and visit here, yeah. say that they came and saw it, do something here. There, It's an intense, an intense uh, reaction when you get over here because you see, you see all these buildings – you see the bright lights. You hear the noise. You hear. You smell yeah. the smells. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that for the summer. Um, but it really is the pinnacle of like city life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It's when I travel abroad, I tend to tell people that I'm from New York, just because now when you say Jersey, they're like, oh, like Jersey Shore, like that. I'm like, no. no. No, we have so much more to offer. Like, come to, but uh, so I mean, so you grew up in Manhattan, uh, in a, in, a, in a different neighborhood. Now you're in Hell's Kitchen. This is where your work is. Do you go out to the other boroughs when you can? Are there other what are <laughs> boroughs? What? Well, that's the whole thing. That's when people say I say the city. I never say Manhattan. I say the city, and then everything else is Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, Staten Island. Yeah, for me. Unfortunately, because I grew up on on this island, I'm I was I'm always reticent to go anyplace else. <laughs> when people, oh, we're going out there, and then we're going out to dinner, and like we're going to Brooklyn. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, no, that's like another country. I don't want to go there. But listen, I have I have my sister lives in the boroughs. Mm. I have family everywhere upstate. I lived a part of my life upstate. So oh, okay. Um. New York, New York is huge. Yeah. Okay. So when you say New York, state of New York, come on, that's you're talking no, that's, about. A, that's a different a, world. You know, that's a whole thing. Buffalo. So New York, New York, New York City, and then Manhattan. That's it, these are all subcategories. But you, like I said, this is the center of the universe, and then you wave out of that. Yeah, it's the ripple effect you know? from there. Yeah, exactly. So you studied at the Culinary Institute of America. I'm looking at my notes. I, 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 I don't know if I studied <laughs> okay. because I grew up in this business. Yeah. And let me tell you. You got a certification from it? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> let me tell you, when I got to the CIA, it yeah. was like a freaking vacation. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. I was not used to that. So I, 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 I grew up on the Upper East Side, and you always think of Upper East Side as hot. I went to a private school. I went to a French school. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I wore a suit and tie every day, and it was like – very posh and everything like that. But I was the b- bottom rung at that school because <laughs> I my, my dad chose that school because he wanted me to keep a French heritage. So there was no other option for him than to send me to that school. Okay. And so I always lived in two different worlds, like the posh and then I was literally, you know, Service industry, hospitality business, yeah. you know, serving all these people technically, you know? I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure working with your family, you probably worked every position. I, like worked, was... I worked I worked. every day after school yeah. and 
However late I, I came back home on Friday and Saturday, that's how much earlier my dad would wake me up to go work on Saturday and Sunday morning. <laughs> so it was, it was a balance. Yeah, no preferential treatment. No, no, yeah. no, no, none. And so, and always in the kitchen, always doing something. And not necessarily thinking I'm learning anything. I just did, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then you do it, you do it, you do it, you do yeah. it. And then... You, I end up going to cooking school, and they were. My father was like, "No, please, don't, don't." My father did not want me to continue this. Is this do you do you and Pat just have a lot in common, or do you see that in the industry? It's it's unfortunately, it's you. Th- there's an attractiveness to this business when you're young, mm-hmm. because I was young and working, and eventually. When I started working in other places than my family, I was making a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. I was making a lot of money. And for that age group bracket, that was, wow, yeah. this is very, very attractive. And then you see yourself building on that long, I could do this better. I can make more money if I'm then if I'm the, like the manager than if I'm the chef. And, I'm this, I, and then I'll be in charge of a restaurant. I'll be, it'll be that much. And in some ways, yes, mm-hmm. that does end up. But then... But then it plateaus. <laughs> There's only, you know, you can, um, then you can always, you can always improve. Um, but, uh, but, <laughs> but becoming the owner of a restaurant has its downfalls. Yeah. I've, I plateaued because you, 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 you tend to take a step back to being a chef and being a restaurant owner is, it's, it's a catch 22. Sure. And I have no partners. I'm all by myself. So that's enough. That's even harder. Mm-hmm. Like I always recommend if you can have, they always, if you can find a, a good partner and someone that can alleviate uh, one who takes care of the front, one who takes care of the back, that's the best scenario. Yeah. So my father and his brother were that. Yeah. And that's why it was always successful because one took care of the back, one took care of the front and they never got into each other's world. And it was solid goal forever mm-hmm. and then unfortunately i'm the only one left in the family so i'm doing it all on my own and then what happened to me was like you get into a, a rut a plateau where you're like oh you're all alone taking care of everything yeah. and you're like oh new ideas are not springing out from the menu oh um you know the wine list is suffering because you're not keeping up with it it's just like everything gets put on the backfire and then you're like oh oh so that's why recently in the last few years i've totally disengaged i made myself i disengaged from the kitchen so that i was not a necessity okay. i am the idea guy and now i can focus on that but that kitchen can function on its own without me yeah not so that who, it doesn't <laughs> but yeah. it, it it should be so this that gives me the freedom to move about go in and out do whatever i want do focus get ideas fresh ideas someplace else yeah go visit another restaurant for 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 the longest part of my life i never left this building wow you know what i mean and you need to go out and explore mm-hmm. and just for sanity and to educate yourself on on food yeah see what's going on well it's like the same thing i work in production and i go and i see movies because yeah. that's what you have to it's, yeah it's the same thing speaking of which well yes exactly speaking <laughs> of which well i wanted to say so d- did you learn anything by going to the culinary institute i i learned they filled in the gaps. Okay. Let's put it that way. Because when I got to the CIA, I was like, I'm on freaking vacation. Yeah. And it was a beautiful campus by the river. Oh, okay. And, and I remember, I, remember the, I went to a French school 
and so education was is much stricter it's it's hard yeah. you know i did baccalaureate and everything you're you're like a couple of years ahead of the game and the first two or three weeks at the CAA is math and math? everybody's like what <laughs> yeah and they have a great they have a great concept at that school because you go you take one class you graduate that class you move to the next one and then uh, like two the classes are one week or two weeks and you keep and you graduate yeah you don't move to the next class until you pass that class wow so you had people stuck in, in math, math for months and, and eventually would just give up yeah guess what the school keeps all that tuition money <coughs> and that deposit <laughs> wow it's a great gimmick I, l- <laughs> I mean it's genius yeah and and like so that was a brief i'm like this is yeah. this is so easy well you got there and talking of the 80s you realized there was a miyagi effect from coming from <laughs> yes exactly exactly wax on wax off i was so yeah. waxed on and waxed off <laughs> oh that sounds pornographic <laughs> I said it wasn't a PG podcast, so that's fine. Uh, and then, but and that was great. And then, and I remember another cl- first, another cl- one of the first classes was um, was French. It was like a two week French class for all the co- to learn to you learn know, the, to learn all yeah. the cooking terms and all the practices and everything. I'm like, yeah. and then I remember I was in class and the teacher was like, "Aren't you going to take notes?" I was like, "No, <laughs> I I speak French." Yeah. He's like, and she. And she was, I remember, she was, she spoke French, but she was an American teaching French. Yeah, so you, you were know? better than her. So I spoke, I definitely <laughs> spoke French better than her. I spoke, I could tell you one thing, I spoke French better than her, Italian better than her, Spanish better than her. I was multilingual, so that yeah. really put her off. Yeah. And she's like, well, well, I'll give you a C and you don't have to take the class. I'm like, I don't really care what my grade is. Yeah. Uh, as, as, is that a passing grade? Yeah. Yeah, so I took two Do weeks Do I get off. to go to the next step? <laughs> so it's yeah. like, yeah. Do I get to move forward and just and get the hell out of here quicker? Yeah. yeah. So I took a C and just took, took two weeks off and and then took an AM class instead. So it was, <laughs> that, yeah. So I I did have an advantage at that school on on others because I had lived that life already. Yeah. I was already cooking and and baking and I did you know from from bread to baking to pastries to to sauces and. I have to say the greatest enjoyments in in that school were Italian cooking for me, um, Asian cooking, mm-hmm. and things that I was never part of the the menu at at my place, and and then I think that's when fusion became a thing. Oh wow! You know, like yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. restaurants were becoming French, you know, things like that, and I thought that was a great idea. I used to love that. It it never really took off. Yeah, and I don't. There's no, there's no great success story in that fusion type of cooking, but I always, I always like to take recipes that are French and incorporate other ethnic ethnicity into it, or taking ethnic ethnic ingredients and making them into French recipes. Yeah. I, I always thought that was great. Well, as you said before, speaking of movies, it is called Foodie Films. We're going to kind of do the same thing as I I did on uh, Pat's episode. Since we're not highlighting a a movie throughout the episode, we're going to talk two scenes. We were, you know, emailing before this, and uh, we came up with Once Upon a Time in America. Which is is one of my favorite movies. Yes. But that scene is... Maybe one of my favorite scenes, not just because it's a food scene, sure. but it's just one of my feel-good, <laughs> uh, honest-to-goodness, it's like a core, little boy core 
of like self discovery, it's sexuality, it's yeah. food. I mean, it's everything in. There's not even a. There's no. There's not even dialogue in that scene. No, there's it's just just a little. <laughs> yeah. So let's play that scene for you guys. That one with the cream, the five cent one. Yeah. But a two penny one, she only gives you a hand job. I can do that myself. That one. That one. You sure? Wrap it up pretty. Taking a bath. Well, that's great. Would you be so kind as to tell her I'm here? Hey, Ma. Another bucket of water. Wait. So I, I love that. That scene, he's in the bakery, the exchange, and so he's looking at all those pastries, and what and what does he pick out? Those are... The Charlotte Russe. Charlotte Russe. You, you can say it much better than I, so that's why I fit. <laughs> but it's, and it's a, it's a simple pastry. But yeah. in those days, that's what it was. Yeah. And those simple pastries were done really well. Because I, could, I, could, I, can, I can taste, I can visualize, I can taste that. Yeah. How good that simple pastry was, because basically it's a, it's a, it's a white sponge cake mm-hmm. and fresh whipped cream and a cherry on top. That's yeah. all it was. But you have to consider that in those days, the butter was fresh, the cream was fresh, the flour was like everything was made from scratch, and yeah. just those simple ingredients were amazing. And I just also the availability of it in those days was not. It was not av- it wasn't available to everybody and no. had, and it was it was a luxury yeah and i mean what a treat for him i mean just the way his eyes are just so wide and just but, and specifically that no 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 yeah. that one but let's not forget what he was doing with that yes <laughs> <laughs> he that was a paid form of payment to go get um uh services rendered by the young harlot (laughs) (laughs) in the building which was in itself was just okay that's you know yeah that's a that was where was she when i was growing up talk about nostalgia (laughs) (laughs) talking about yeah generations and new york changing and and she was she was a little on the heavy side and you knew why because she liked she liked her sweets yeah and an ex you know who doesn't want to exchange a pastry for a (laughs) blowjob i could do that but this poor kid couldn't he couldn't. No, he, could, no. he couldn't. Uh, you know um, that, and I don't blame him because that the way he enjoyed that pastry and the way he sneaked at it and just teased oh, at just it. A little, and yeah. Little, okay, I'm only gonna take a little bit, yeah. and then a little bit, and then you know what? This is way too good to waste on her. Yeah. <laughs> I am having this Charlotte Russe, and it and it was messy. It was all over, and it was it's sticky. It's just like just yeah, in the, it was in just the, complete. Yeah complete abandon to this pastry that was superior to sex basically yeah that light beautiful fluffy pastry that he's just eating in that dark <laughs> stairwell, stairwell. <laughs> wait it literally literally he was on one side of the door waiting yeah and she's on the other side of the door being so, bathed <laughs> so that's that's it he had the greatest opportunity on the other side of that door and yet he stuck with his pastry and ate it 
and enjoyed it and loved it yeah. and did not regret it. <laughs> I, that's, you have, I, that, I, that's such a perfect scene. I could watch that over and over and over. And that, that's the movie that made that pen flute successful, remember? Yeah. Na, 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 na. yeah. Oh, that was great. That's just a great movie. Uh, and it's it's a long movie. If yeah. you watch it with all the, the, the director's bells cut. and whistles, yeah, yeah. it's it's a pretty long movie. That's one that's a great movie to like when you're sick in bed and you you can waste a whole afternoon on that. That's that's you have to interrupt it with a couple of meals, you know, get up, but that's Yeah, that's the whole thing like when what I mean especially with this podcast and all the food movies or food scenes we're talking I have to make it clear to you guys, have food ready. Whether you just ate something, but make sure you have, it's just, you know, the ultimate food porn, you know? Oh, God. I'm still, I'm still thinking of, it also, um, it's also my dad's age group almost, right? Okay, yeah. And, yeah. And, and also, on another note, it also reminds me of all the stories my dad told me growing up, because he grew up in the south of France during, uh, uh, Nazi occupation, and and then there was nothing available. They actually they were some of the luckier people because they lived high in the mountains in the Pyrenees Mountains. They were farmers, so they had they were not starving, yeah. but there were no luxuries. And my dad can tell you his first banana, his first orange, his first anything. Yeah, I I can't recall my first anything ever. There's not one. Even my favorites, I can't tell you the first one. No, yeah. that's not true. Caviar, I remember. Oh, caviar, you remember. Okay. I have a good story for that, too. <laughs> but, yeah, he remembers, Yeah. you know, and he also remembers the bounty of red meat when he came to this country. My dad ate, like, steak three times a day for, like, years when he got to this country because <laughs> he never had steak. I mean. Yeah. Well, there's that one scene in uh, Band of Brothers, I think it is, where the soldier goes around, and I think they're in... France at that point they might be in Holland but there's a family staying like in like their house in like the bunker and they come out and the soldier gives chocolate to the kid and the father's like this is the first time he's tasted he's like a five-year-old kid the first time he's tasting chocolate yes and that face oh the GIs had uh Hershey's Hershey's had uh uh donated all the all chocolate rations for the soldiers yeah I remember that they had um um the packets yeah, chocolate was a big deal. It was a big trade. Chocolate, cigarettes, and coffee were the big trading items. Like the GIs used to come, they would trade. They could like chocolate for like anything. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, kind of like the Charlotte Russe, they could trade yeah, with that too. For, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that yeah. was the truth. Uh, well, the other scene that we were talking about discussing is very. I like the juxtaposition. So again, eighties. That's just maybe a th- nice. We're theme gonna of go here. to pure enjoyment. Yes. To grotesque. <laughs> to grotesque. And so that's Temple of Doom, the second installment of the Indiana Jones. Well, now technically there's four movies, but I recognize just the original trilogy. Uh, and although the, the second one is a prequel, technically. Yes, to, it is. I mean, that, if, 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 if you're a fan, that movie is so full of uh, Easter eggs and oh. so much is going on. I mean, the, the beginning is an homage to Casablanca, oh. another... Wow, and 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 most people miss Dan Aykroyd at the airport. Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> and the name of um, the restaurant Obi 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 Wan. Yeah, Obi Wan. I <laughs> that movie is amazing. But yeah, this scene will play that scene and uh, talk about it. Oh, sneak, 
surprise. Anything simple, like soup? Ah, dessert. Chilled monkey brain. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Absolute amazingness of Once Upon a Time in America, delicious pastries, and then just, I remember watching this as a kid and just being like, like, you know. Yeah, you watched it at home on cable. I watched it at the theater. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) And then. Seeing that food on the big screen, I guess. And and you can't escape it for the first time on the big screen. You paid for that seat and you're sitting there and you're watching that. Yeah. But But that scene puts so many emotions into you because they were hungry. Yes. Okay? She was hungry. The kid was hungry. Mm-hmm. Indy was like, I don't know, he was doing his own thing. And Yeah, he's, he's doing his bond moment at that, that time. And, but yeah. that meal was a bounty of excess. Well, that's supposedly. A, it's, in a beautiful palace exactly. and this is going to be with, you know, like the, hot, the, and the it, elite of the elite. It, it looks gorgeous from the get-go. Yeah. But then it just turns sour real quick. Yeah, between there's between the, the large cockroach beetles, yeah, and the, the and, snake and the snake and the monkey, monkey brains. brains. Oh, for dessert and oh, just chill like the, the monkey brains. Yeah, the children take the, the which all of those things are real. Yes, those I've I've through. I mean, in some shape or form, those are all real edible situations. What's the weirdest, most exotic thing you you would say you've had? Oh. Uh, well, to to our listeners, I've eaten a lot of things, and okay. but they're just not exotic to me. Okay. <laughs> but I've 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 eaten any a yeah. lot of things. I had scorpion in Thailand. Yeah, scorp- bugs are easy. Bugs are easy. Bugs are easy. You yeah. So what's not easy? Um, bear, moose, wow, antelope. The same thing. Bear. Yeah. Um, eh, gator now is pre pretty prevalent. Ostrich is pretty prevalent now. Yeah. Uh, but in, when I had it, it was. Um, it was not. There was a restaurant when I grew up here called La Giraffe, and all they had was exotic meats. Peter would like – Go crazy. Would, oh, would go crazy. <laughs> yeah. But lion, giraffe, yeah. uh, you, know, like, you had every exotic meat. Yeah. You said you're a fan of Joe Rogan. He swears by like black bears, and he's like, oh, we hunted this black bear that was like eating blueberries, and the meat was just so uh, – <laughs> It's it depends where what they're eating. Yeah. Sure, sure. But the bears I've eaten is just yeah. it's just purple, dark, greasy meat. It's mm. gr- it's nah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I'm I call myself a hunter and I and I don't I would, wouldn't waste anything. So even if it's not even if it's not that great, I'm not going to waste it. Gotcha. You know, people <laughs> people are surprised because hunt like they always you know you have these animal people who love animals and they hate they hate hunters because they're killing animals. 
a hunter is killing one animal, mm-hmm. right? I wonder if all these vegans knew knew how many animals are destroyed and killed to create those farms and everything. When they're plowing those fields and all those animals, they're, they're like tons and tons of yeah. animals that are being killed for the purpose of servicing those vegans. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, one kill is a kill and that's it and it's, it's useful. You should, you should see between the pesticides, their offshoots and everything, all those poor, those animals that are really being killed. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, there are way more animals being killed for vegan yeah. um, uh, purposes than for a hunter and someone who's like, you know, dedicating themselves to, to that type of, uh, like, a carnivore life. Yeah. You know? I'm a carnivore. I mean, do you guys, do you guys have any vegetarian or vegan? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, and okay. I, have, I have really popular vegan dishes. I do. The, my ratatouille is an homage to the, that, the cartoon. Yeah. I do a really good version of it Ooh. and one that I actually want to eat. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of friends who, um, my friend, uh, my dear friend who was a food critic, uh, Josh Ozersky, who passed away, that was the first and only dish that he, could, he would actually order and eat. <laughs> and it's like, because that's because you made it and I trust you because you're a carnivore and, and you know. His, his, his famous um, contribution was um, the, oh, I was like, the, the fat is the meat and the meat is the, is the, is the vegetable. Like, he, he, <laughs> has, he, he offset everything because vegetables are not even on the plate. <laughs> Wait, there, we're missing one of the dish from Temple of Doom. There was the beetle. The soup. Oh, yeah, the, the eyeballs, soup. right? Oh, all she wanted was like, well, do you have some yeah, soup? soup. <laughs> and they bring uh. the soup, and then the, uh, the, the eyeball pops out of it. Uh. And again, nothing on that, on that table that wasn't possible. Yeah. So we went for heaven with the Charlotte Russe to someone's idea of hell on a table. That's the beauty of, uh, I guess, cinema and just uh, talking these scenes. But uh, th- our last segment, because I know we got we got we should uh, wrap up soon. But it's a segment called Gut Instincts, and so this is just a bit of a speed around, just whatever Ooh. comes to you. How much how much time do I have to answer these each question, or is this? A... It's, it's not timed. It's oh, just, okay. You know, whatever really... Don't stress me. I don't do I don't do well in the no. duress. <laughs> I I couldn't be. I don't. I don't. You've I'll, done cookoff challenges. Though. I, know, I mean, before this, you were on you were on, you were know, on beat but Bobby Flay, right? But it makes no sense to me. Okay. How were you? I dedicate myself. So much time to the craft to, to, the, to creating a recipe. Yeah. Like okay, so you ca- the the odds of creating something that's everlasting in yeah. five minutes? No. Well, it's to see you go through that turmoil for the viewer's pleasure. That, but that's not good. <laughs> that's like it's like you don't want to you don't you you can't. I'm sure, the dish tastes the same then, right? Oh no 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 no! Cooking under duress is never a pl- yeah. no. There's, there can't be any good results from that. But you no. were on Beat Bobby Flair, right? Yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I got robbed. Got robbed? I got robbed. Mic uh, drop right now. <laughs> He's been robbed. I definitely made the better burger, but I don't think that, you know, Bobby, who owns so many burger pals, pal, you know, is going to lose to some Frenchie cooking uh, one-time burger. Well, again. That ginger's got what's coming to let's, him. Let's, <laughs> can, can we start that conspiracy yeah. theory and let, let that propagate? Yes, okay. let's do it. I'm, I'm leaving it up to you. Okay, speed okay, round. Okay, so yeah, gut instincts. Whatever just really, you know, whatever comes to you first. Mm, let's, no, let's not do that. <laughs> Favorite fast food? 
I always say this. Um, if my last my last meal, if I'm on you know going to the chair, is bacon cheeseburger, classic American hamburger. So mm-hmm. bacon cheeseburger, extra cheese, American cheese, yeah. crispy bacon so that it's crispy. So like when you bite it, it crunches through. Mm-hmm. Thick chocolate milkshake made with chocolate ice cream, not vanilla and chocolate syrup. Yeah, and onion rings and ketchup, and that's my go-to fast food. When like <laughs> when I'm depressed and when I'm like that's it, I'm having a fucked up day. Yeah, that's I go. That's what I get. Is there any fast food establishment that you go to? I mean, you talked well, about like, earlier the, so, the consistency at McDonald's. Okay, but. so via, the via, the Vian Diner does it really well, so that's not really a fast food. Sure, but I would have to say. And I, the problem is I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. But it's White Castle. Oh, man. Yeah, those, I mean, they made, they made a whole movie about it. So oh, God. It makes sense. White Castle, it was. And, <laughs> and then Chinese food, but that's not so fast food, like a chain, right? Yeah. yeah, White Castle. I haven't had Mickey D's and Burger King in a long time. Yeah. Wendy's is pretty good. Mm. Um, no, it's, and it's thank God that there are no White Castles around me. Yeah. Because that would be my <laughs> my failing. Have you ever heard of White Mana? No. That's in Jersey City. That's like one of the like original. It was at the 19, it was a 36 World Fair, and it's one of the oldest diners. And they make, that's like what they make, the White Castle style burgers. And that's what, they, is they are they the originator? I think there was a, like White Castle before they became big, big, but it so was the it first sma- one around here. Is it here. a smash burger? Or is yeah. it already made patty? No, they take. I the, actually went just last night because uh, I was driving back. So and it's I a just ball. Exactly they smash the onions on, and then yep, and then they turn it over. Yeah. Hey, are you in disagreement here? Relax. You. She wants some. Yeah, it was at the whatever the 1930s world, whatever year that was, 36, 39. I think it was 39. That wasn't New York, was it? No, it was. Yeah, there's both. There was that in the 60s. Yes. Okay, you're right. But uh, but they have like it's there's it's got big signs outside of it. If you ever. Go to the other side of the river. You should you should check no, it out. No, I, okay, I doubt sorry. That very much. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do they deliver? I'll bring you some. Okay. Okay. Done. Deal. Okay. I'll, I'll trade. I'll That's, trade. Yeah. You. French bring... onion soup. Bro. How big are they? Uh, uh, a little, a b- okay. little bigger than the White Castle. Ones. Okay. I'm six of those. Okay. Good. All right. Go to alcoholic beverage. <laughs> uh, everybody's answered that for me already. Everybody knows what I'm going to say. Tito's. You and Pat, you're Tito's, Tito's, Tito's. Listen, we get along. What did you do before Tito's? Honestly, I was not a big drinker. Okay, maybe wine. No, No, I'm a lousy Frenchman, (laughs) and I have all these great wines, and like everybody, everybody wants to impress me with their wines, and I'm like, nah. Just can I get some Tito's straight up? And they're like, you. You swine! What? What? I was like, nah. I just want some Texas vodka right now. That's I just, what I want. And, and listen, you know why? It's corn. It's it's smooth. I just Tito's is my game, and it goes with anything. Yeah. All right. Any event, any any barbecue, any birthday, any yeah. any everything. Favorite childhood snack. <sighs> Favorite childhood snack would. be... Be, I had it. I had it made because my dad used Emma. My dad, when I was really young, he used to start working at four o'clock. He would pick me up at school at three, mm-hmm. and then bring me right back home and make me. In those days, cream cheese, the Philadelphia cream cheese, tasted like 
real Philadelphia cream cheese. What yeah. we have now doesn't even come close to that flavor. Really? No, no. And then he, at, in those days, I remember he used to cut chives up and put it into the cream cheese. Ooh, yeah. You know? And I don't know had he seen it at some Jewish deli, but I, it wasn't popular yet. I'm talking like the 70s. I don't remember chives being in the delis, readily available and everything. But he used to do that on a to- on an English muffin. Oh. Not a bagel, on an English muffin. Yeah. I remember he used to make me open open face, two of them, and that, that. And then he would also make me kind of what the source is for the French onion soup. I was just going to say, is the love for that the inspiration? Yeah. Of, okay. So then he would make me burgers too. But where I deviate from him and where he we don't agree – not that I he, I need to agree with him because he didn't want the burger on the menu to begin sure, with. Sure, yeah, it's your thing. It's your baby. But yeah. he used to incorporate, and I think that generation all did that. They treated the hamburger like a freaking meatball. They used to put the onions in there and the, and and the like oh, parsley. Yeah. They used to mix everything in into the meat. Yeah. And then and then cook that. It was like, but then you went to cook that and to get that to where you need it to be. You're, it's you're cooking it medium to medium well, and it's it's a meatball. Yeah. It's a meatball. A flat meatball. A patty meatball, yeah. So I kind of took all the flavors that he incorporated and then de- deconstructed it and put those back together again. And I added, you know, I added a shot of cognac to my onions, which he didn't do. Yeah. He was too cheap for that. <laughs> and then and then the, and then the cheese, he, he would basically, he would use brie. I remember that. And, but I use... I use I make uh, a Mornay sauce mm-hmm. and I use a, a, a French Gruyere. Nice. So the Gruyere yeah. is you more it's got a, um, the stronger envelops the burger which creates like a pocket it cr- literally creates a pocket over the It's amazing. It, it's it's great. <laughs> Watch then, the videos and see it just cooking and uh. It's I just but I have it down packed. So I don't tell what I do to the cheese so that it does that. Okay. Because that w- that took me a while to figure out how to use because Swiss but cheese. But you're gonna share it here. No. No. Because <laughs> no. that's the only secret I have. I didn't even give that secret to uh, the other restaurant I opened. They still have the French onion soup burger downtown, Little mm-hmm. Prince. I opened up that place. Yeah. And they still serve it, but I didn't give them the full recipe. They do well with that burger. It's and it's I think it's a decent burger. I haven't tasted it lately, so maybe I should go and uh, check yeah. up on them. I'll go with you. <laughs> yeah, let's, we'll see. I, I did see them using the Impossible Burger in it. I was like, no. Oh, yeah. we talk, I talked about that with Pat. No. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Sweet or savory? Savory. But. But. <laughs> but. There's always a but. Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate could be. So, Chocolate-covered pretzels? <laughs> no. No. Oh. No. No. I, no. I don't like Mixing shit with my fucking chocolate. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't like chocolate-covered bacon. The worst thing that someone ever gave me was chocolate-covered orange slice. I, no. No, 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 no. And that, that when, I was, when I was a kid, <laughs> I was like, I would see chocolate cake. Yeah. And then I would cry because they filled it with fruit and stuff inside the chocolate cake. Why would you ruin a chocolate <laughs> cake? Why? Wow. No, chocolate needs to play, stay chocolate. Not, don't put anything with my chocolate. And I hate that. I fucking hate that. Nuts at best. And even I don't want too much nuts. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, I, I get emotional about that. I, I can do, tell. Do not. 
I like, backed off a little bit. Do not like people <laughs> fucking with chocolate. I don't know why. I appreciate. It. I love. I, I love chocolate. I'm no, so much more. Just, if it's it's that's why you're eating it. It's the chocolate. Yeah. You know, I used to, when I was a kid, I fell for that trick of the Nestle Crunch. So they're basically filling up the chocolate bar with rice air. Yeah. And you're and it it took me a while to figure out like, wait a second. I'm getting less fucking chocolate here, and I'm paying the same price. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing. And then, that did not work out well. Favorite food city? Can Come be on. Di- I know. All right, so let's go international then. If, if I if I can't go to New York, yeah, right? You can't go to New York. I do want to go to Lyon because I mean, a lot of star, a lot of stars are born there. It's just. It's really the the cradle, mm-hmm. the French cooking, or at least um, the be- the torchbearers of, of French cooking. Um, but I gotta tell you, I, I do want to go to I want to go to Japan. Yeah. I want um. You know, I would say Tokyo. If I had to choose anything else but New York, because New York you can get anything. Anything. Yeah. But if I want to do something that I can't make myself, I would get Tokyo. I would do which city in in Italy? Um, I wouldn't do a city. I would do a countryside, and then Provence in France, in an Lyon and Paris. You know, last time I was there, I was disappointed. I I I chose poorly. That's Temple of Doom. <laughs> no, that's not Temple of Doom. That's uh, The Last Crusade. The Last sorry. Crusade, yeah, okay. I chose yeah. poorly. Yeah. Um, and New York, California, no. People try to sell me on California and all yeah. that, that whole West Coast. No. Sorry, bro. They, no. Is, is there something you've had in New York that you're like, oh, we do it better here than its original country? Oh, fucking pizza. Okay, yeah. You, and then American Chinese food? Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah, it's in a itself, creature. American yeah. Chinese food. Yeah. Uh, you know, American Italian is we do it better. Yeah. You know, ch- you know, checkered table, checkered red and white t- tablecloth dining establishments that does we do it best. Um, Jewish food is f- phenomenal here. You know, the mm-hmm. bagels, cream cheese, lox, bial, all that stuff. Listen, we. You know, all those generations, all those poor generations that came here for a better life, yeah. they made food better here. Trust me. All, even, even French people. Don't, you know, French is, is not all that. You know, they, the, the reason why they have all those recipes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm French, so I can say this, by the okay, way. Okay, yeah, yeah. But the reason why they have all those recipes and wines and everything, because the fucking proteins were lousy. Yeah. They don't have good steak in France. I mean, they do now, but up, but not too long ago, it was still shit. Mm-hmm. I could care less what they think. This you is know. one of those moments that it's convenient to say you're French. Yeah, it's <laughs> very convenient. But that's all across the world. Yeah. United States has the best meat hands down. I could, yeah. in, I, don't, I don't care what your argument is, we have the best. And Hashtag Lafritas. Exactly. Well, yeah. Well, I know where my bread is buttered. <laughs> but no, but it's the truth. Yeah, yeah, and when yeah. you can have a protein on its own, 
and it tastes great and you don't have to bury it and and braise it and cook it and and cook it for three days and you know you know coco vin like okay a, a, an amazing french dish mm -hmm. but it's the old rooster that that you had to get rid of the rooster that was a dish created to get rid of that old rooster that yeah. was unedible time's up <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you know he served no purpose yeah. he was just wiry and yeah. tough and everything and you needed a way to cook that snails really Someone was desperate and hungry and had to eat fucking <laughs> snails, okay? So they had to come up with a yeah. garlic butter recipe for that. And, and you know, and paranoia. Like, they taste great. Yeah, they taste great. Eat the snails on their own and tell me how that works out for you. Yeah. Okay? Rabbits and, you know, and pigeons and all that stuff. Like, no, no. No, no. Give me goddamn <laughs> steak, bro. I don't, don't. No, no. Fancy French cooking. Yeah, it's, yeah. it has its purpose. You know, and it's my bread and butter. It's my living. It's what I do. Yeah. But I really stick to the quality of my proteins. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, a, like I said, I'm a saucier. I don't drown my shit in. I don't drown my steak in a sauce. I give you the steak on the plate and the sauce on the side. Yeah. Do what you want with it. You I like I mean? that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you lots of sauce though. <laughs> I'm not cheap on the sauce. You like the sauce, eh? I give you more sauce. You like the juice. Uh, that's when SNL was still funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> favorite cuisine? Um, American diner food, Chinese food, but my 80s Chinese food. Like, you know, all the American Chinese, like American Chinese food. Yeah. Um... Italian then is third, and you know French is always going to be first and last because of my, you know, I cook it every day, so I don't need to see it, you know. Yeah. But you know, diner food, Chinese food, fast food. You're gonna say well, those are not cuisines. Yes, they are. Yeah, I, yes, I'm, they are. I'm from Jersey. I respect the diner. You know, and. No, I could be content with for the rest of my life with just that. Nice. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, Anthony Bourdain went all over the world and there's lots to be seen, smelled, and heard, and tasted, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I could be quite content um, uh, being dumb and, sti and sticking with what I know. Emma, you're contributing too much to this podcast. <laughs> this Jesus is a few more Christ. questions. But yeah, I mean, I love again the the man. I mean, he, he was from New Jersey, not far from where I grew up, and he even did a whole episode on New Jersey. So yeah, there's as, he, as he it knew, should be. And he did his New York. He did an episode just on Queens and just yeah. So and the Lower East Side, I think he did an episode this yeah. last season. Let's see, guilty pleasure food. Guilty pleasure food. Oh God. Okay, so if I'm if I'm if I'm watching TV, my guilty pleasure used to be. Oh fuck! I can't like, like a box of fucking Oreos. There you go. Yeah. God damn it! Are you twisting them apart? Or are you just no. no? I I I love dunking them in the milk and and they need to get soaked. Yeah. And I'm so impatient that I would like dunk two or three at the same time, you know. <laughs> oh, and then and let that so and then that and just f f shoving my face with as much <laughs> wet. Oreo as I could. Damn, that's ugh. That was, that's yeah, and and ice cream, chocolate ice cream. Oh, what's the Ben and Jerry's the the chocolate? Uh, 
oh, there's one where they it's just chocolate sauce, chocolate cookies, just just chocolate everything in yeah. it. It's just it's not New York. It's not the New York fudge. It's not the fudge brownie. It's another one. It's it's just I like that one. That's yeah. Ice cream is a big oh big no no. I can't do that anymore. Favorite condiment. Okay. As a saucier, this is a big deal. Yeah, because I am not afraid to ask for ketchup. Okay. As a French chef. Yeah. And I am not afraid to have it with my steak. Interesting. Yeah, I am not afraid of that. Um, I'll tell you, when I go to steakhouses, I'll always order French fries and onion rings because I'll bring the ketchup. Yeah, but then you'll... But yeah. I will never ask for the ketchup for my steak. But yeah. if the ketchup is there because of the onion rings and my French fries, then it just happens yeah, to touch that, that steak. Yeah, yeah once I'll... I won't eat a whole steak of that, but I'll have at least one or two bites dipped into because it reminds me of something from my childhood. There is that distinctiveness of like there was everywhere you went, you, if you had steak, you had and usually because you had there was bad steaks and things like that, you'd have the ketchup. It made it get easy to eat. Yeah, and it was, but there's something about that the gristle from the steak and the ketchup in your mouth just brings me right back to that era, mm-hmm. and it just I need that. I won't do it for the whole steak, but I'll definitely, I'll definitely put that one the, bite in. Yeah, that nostalgia. And okay, so ketchup is cal- yeah, condiment. But then, hmm, I don't mind. I don't mind mustard and mayo, for like French fries. Yeah, I no. like that on a sandwich, like on a yeah, chicken club. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. But honestly, if I'm making a sandwich, uh, a condiment that's rarely used is butter. Yeah, I've got a lot working at the deli. A lot of people, like older generation will come in and want roast beef and yep. b- butter on rye. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, like the French baguette, like uh, like like a fresh, a very fresh French baguette, like f- not like between a ficelle and a baguette, mm-hmm. and just butter and French ham is fucking insane. I can't explain it. Yeah, it is insane addictive it's just so good i don't it's and it's three things and it's fucking simple and it's insane i loved when traveling abroad and especially in europe as someone that just i love sandwiches our sandwiches are just so big here and you travel abroad it's just like oh nice little you know petite you know but i'll do the whole baguette (laughs) (laughs) so yeah no no (laughs) what's the last thing you ate what's the last thing i ate yeah uh, last night, actually, okay. I only I only do one meal a day now. And wow. Was porterhouse. Porterhouse proper. Porterhouse is my, uh, as my best friend says, it's my dining room. <laughs> it's my home. It's my it's. Listen, I have a, a fondness for La Monaco, and I have a fondness for that restaurant, and how I'm made to f- be felt there, and mm-hmm. the food, everything just tastes that much better. Yeah. And and they that's. That is a proper goddamn steakhouse. That is the steakhouse in my mind. It is. It's a hidden gem. Yeah. Um, not that it's hidden. Everybody, no, yeah, but everybody every, has yeah. porterhouse. But. but everybody assumes other places are, are steakhouses. This is a steakhouse. There's no sizzling fucking plate that the steak comes out on and ruins <laughs> and boils your steak from the yeah. bottom up. No, it's not. This is solid 
This is the the number one steakhouse in the country, if not the world. Maybe I'll try to talk to them. Oh, you should. Yeah. Lamonico is he he's a he's a piece of art. He 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 is Americana. He mm-hmm. is New York. He is he is like a great American chef. Next question was uh, last meal. You already answered that. So, do you prefer to? I mean, you're you're cooking all the time. Do you prefer to dine in or dine out? Oh, dine out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, are you <laughs> yeah. kidding me? As a yeah. chef, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. no, no, no. I know what. Listen, which, what questions will be answered? A certain <laughs> no, way no, 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 no. Yeah. Like no, I like I don't want to. The last thing I want to do is cook when I'm at the end of the day. Yeah. And and especially I don't want to deal with. I don't want to. Listen, I it the great benefit of being a chef when I'm cooking. All I have to do is cook i have to clean up after myself Mm -hmm. i did that for so many years you know i was on pot and pan duty i was on dishwasher duty and now i you know i have the luxury and that's because i'm the chef and the owner i was like i can make a mess and and walk away from it that's one thing there's no way i'm doing that at home (laughs) no (laughs) too lazy for that i don't want to stink up my place you know, even though it smells good, I just no. There's nothing a good smell while you're cooking. Yeah. Walk out, come back two hours later, does not smell the same way <laughs> for some reason. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. It's no, I don't do that. You're going to the movies. What snack do you have? You can maybe answer it from as a child. You go to see Temple of Doom. What kind of snack were you having? I always had uh, raisinets at the uh, movies. Always. Whoa, chocolate covered raisin. That's fine. It is because it was something um it was a smaller version of um I was raised by a Polish lady and they have a chocolate delicacy which like dumbfounded me it was chocolate covered prunes. Okay, yeah. And prunes ugh gag ugh. But for some reason it worked. And and raisinets were just a smaller manageable reproduction of that flavor i love raisinets you know i love i do i do but that's but again i think i overdid that and i think that's my disdain of it now Ah, but as growing up i did i did that so much i would do that all the time but now um i i love like again i'll do the what what are chocolate covered uh almonds which one is those oh they come in the they come in those big bags too now yeah it's the blue box. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gob, gob. No, gob, I, no, no, no. But it's. No, uh, I know. Yeah. But if, if truth be told, if my favorite thing at a movie theater to eat. Yeah. And I, but I, I feel so guilty, and, and I never want to eat in front of my kids and everything. Okay. I feel so bad. <laughs> uh, nachos, cheese. No. Oh fuck, I love that. And I always get extra cup of the cheese yeah, of the sauce. Cheese, yeah. And 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 if you can, if you can mathematically stack. The chips, right? So you got three or four, yeah. and you dunk and just, it so the cheese gets in between each chips and all the surrounding. Ah, you get a big mouthful of all so that. The tradition continues from the Oreos to the, to <laughs> yes. the nachos. But there's this thing that's a satisfaction of like yeah. abundance of flavor yeah. and texture all at once. Yeah, and feeling and, the chip cheese, chip cheese, chip. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, but not. Layers, Jerry, layers. But the, you see, but they didn't have those in the theaters in the beginning. That's only 90s. That came ah, out. Okay. That, you know, I didn't have that. Popcorn and candy was yeah. like the best you could do in the movie theaters. Yeah, well, now you get hot dogs. And now you get everything. Now these movie theaters, you can well, the literally have dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have a meal, which yeah. is. Nah, that's. I don't. Like. I you, said to Pat, that should be his next embarkment in changing the food for. 
the uh, movie, the uh, cinema. Yeah, but it's got to be like, like hand. To, there can't be any hand-to-eye coordination involved in this food. Like anytime you just look away to, because of your food is is a no-no. Yeah. You know, it's got to be. So but when I order the nachos, I eat them before the movie starts. I sit in my chair and I eat uh, them, and then I reserve. During the trailer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, during the trailer and all that. Yeah. And I I finish those by the time the movie starts because then I have. I have like, you know, yeah. I have poor hand-to-eye coordination, so it's yeah. I that's why popcorn's great. You just like yeah, whoop pop, and yeah. The popcorn, I had that. I'm OCD with feeling greasy, and I like to be clean. Sure. So that's that's an issue. Yeah. So like the popcorn, I can like I can put it in my mouth, but then you're annoying the shit out of everybody. <laughs> what would be? What is your spirit food? What food best represents you and your and your personality? See, everybody wants me to say like a French dish. I don't want you to say you know? a French dish. I, but, I mean, just from talking with you, but, uh, obviously, and, 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 there's and then a lot of people and... are gonna be tired of me, uh, uh, just talking about burgers. But a burger, that's I'm a burger. Yeah, I look like, like a, I look like a burger. <laughs> you you know, both. You I both. smell like a burger. <laughs> you know, I taste like a burger. So that same classic burger that would yeah. be your last meal yeah. not Crispy my french bacon. onion soup burger no 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 no. but like a yeah bacon patty, cheeseburger yeah, b- bacon yeah. Cheeseburger. classic american burger you yeah. know and <clears throat> i'll even throw in a slice of tomato and a leaf of lettuce for in good there. yeah for good form yeah you know, right but extra cheese crispy bacon you know i like it and last but not least what's the greatest lesson you've learned in food Restaurant does restaurant business kind of food? Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, everybody has regrets in life, mm-hmm. and food. If if you love food and you love cooking food, mm-hmm. stick to that. Don't sacrifice um, an opportunity to cook for, you know. Like I know what I did, you know. Um, I I'm I'm look I'm bitching, but it's like I grew up in a, a, a lot of restaurants, a lot of family business. Every member of my family had restaurants. Yeah. I grew up everywhere I went on vacation was to another restaurant, you know, to work, and <laughs> yeah. I had an abundance, a plethora of uh, learning experiences. And but then I I, I went to work at the original Le Cirque. Okay. And at that time, Danielle was the chef. Yeah. So Takun was the sous chef. Remy was the sous chef over there. Jacques Torres was the chef pastry chef. Yeah. Francois Payard was the sous chef pastry chef. Um, there was Claude over there. There was there was so it was like a Just, who's yeah. who yeah. in one kitchen. And that was my first professional gig outside of the family. And I remember, like, no, this is a different world. Mm-hmm. I came to a crossroads. Mm-hmm. And at that, I was 17. Wow. Went on 18. I remember I had lied about my age and everything because I looked much older than I was. And I got my foot in the door in the best restaurant on the planet. Yeah. And I was, I was like, they were going to dedicate themselves to grooming me and I was going to be the golden boy and I was going, they were, they had big plans for me. Sure. Yeah. 
And the chosen one. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And what happened? Uh, my grandfather became ill, mm-hmm. and my father and his brother were this location already, and they were. They kind of bounced off each other, so they needed each other. And my father said, "I'm leaving. I'm gonna go take care of my dad. Oh, so okay. yeah. you need to come here." And replace me while I go take care of my dad, and that's a done deal. It was like not was not even an, oh, do you want to do this or like you're, this is what you're gonna do. Yeah. And I'm like, and yeah, I grew up, you know, a very stern family. I was scared of my dad. I was scared of my uncles. Like I was like, I gotta okay, yes, 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 sir. Yeah. And I remember Danielle telling me because that was when he was doing the cookbook and everything, and then. He was going to use the summer to write the recipes, and he's like, and then he was expecting me, and 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 I remember him telling me, "Don't go. You you need to stay here. Yeah, you cannot go." And he saw the writing on the wall. He says, "If you go, you will never come back." And he was right, because I came I came here. Um did what I had to do and then when my dad came back mm-hmm. my dad was uh, um, his brother said well you're, you're gonna not you're gonna I replaced my dad in front of the house and then and then when he came back my, my uncle said okay you're gonna replace me now in the kitchen you're gonna come work in the kitchen you're gonna learn everything you need to learn yeah and and I was like well that wasn't the deal but I was so scared of them at in at that age and everything, yeah. and they really controlled my life, like financially everything. I was like, because my job at Le Cirque was I was a comey, yeah. you know, I wasn't making any money, so I was learning a trade, and you don't get paid really, and so. But you had all these people. I had all these. Were, I had yeah. a lot of perks. I couldn't yeah. complain. Yeah. Look at me complaining, but. <laughs> um. But um. But then. I got literally, for lack of a better word, stuck here. I'm not complaining because I did, I did, I did develop. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of opportunities to grow and do other things. And at an early age, I, was a, I got a restaurant yeah. to do what I wanted to do with. You know, I was limited. They didn't want me to change the menu and things like that. But I still developed a lot of things. I, to this day, still regret that I made that choice. Because it's, you know, it's better to be, to fulfill like 100% one thing of passion than to have facets someplace else. Even though you're the bigger fish and you're making more money and you do, everything's better. Trust me, everything on this side is better. I'm much better off than all the same people at the same level, you know, you know, as, as an owner, but not as a chef. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Like I'm very good as a chef at what I do, but just what I do. Don't ask me to go do Italian or this or that or. And that's I mean, what those guys wanted to do there. And to, and yeah. a good chef and so a a lover of food is going to try to do as much as possible for as long as possible to get every influence possible. That can only make you a better chef. Yeah. I am limited by just what I know how to do. So, you know, every once in a while, but now, eh, things are different. 
internet is an amazing thing now. Sure, yeah. But you have to understand in the 80s, it did not exist. So you got your craft and your trade from hands-on experience with other chefs. Yeah. And, and chefs were not sharing information. That you had to go someplace and learn it. They weren't like making it common knowledge and everything. Now everybody's making everything common knowledge. So right now, yeah, you could do that. You could do it on your own, in fact. Mm -hmm. You can learn. You can teach yourself on your own. You don't need to pay, you know, all those cooking schools. or yeah. you, can, you can do that on your own. If you have the love and the passion for it, you can learn it on your own. So I guess the lesson is if you have a passion for food, do it 100%. Until you, just do it until you, there's no, you have no other choice but to do something else to, to sustain that. But at least focus as much as you can on that. And, then, and you'll yeah. never lose. And at the end of the day, you'll be a winner. That's perfect. And I think that's so – you can just apply that to everything, obviously. Whatever, your, whatever your passion is, but that's – But food is a necessity. Yeah, it is. You know, and good food is even more. Is even more. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, I can't, I can't thank you enough. This has been such, uh, such was, a pleasure. This cuts my day. This was great. Yeah. Oh. I'm telling you. All right. Because <laughs> I, I have, I have a, a weird schedule with the theater crowds and everything. Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. matinee. I like, I was like, you know, I'm gonna take off from matinee today. We're gonna do this. So while it's just you and me here, yeah. it's a zoo downstairs right Oops. now. <laughs> so everyone downstairs hates me. No, oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Actually, it's um, it's a little vacation for them. Okay. Everybody seems to tense up a little bit around me. I don't know why. <laughs> I have I have that look about me. I have no idea. But I, I'm a nice guy. I don't get it. You're a nice guy. Thanks for uh, honestly. Thank you so, so much. You messaged well, me. I mean, Pat. Pat yeah, let's thank Pat. And, Pat. Yeah, uh, Pat yeah. Did the intro. Yeah, but you. <coughs> you could have said no. <laughs> could have said no, but yeah, I have nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I get my guests, people. <laughs> nothing better to do. You come on. You enjoy the time. Paul, no, this is fun. Thank you. Uh, please tell everyone where they can, if you want to be found on social media or well, you know, anything. Well, if you, if you want to introduce yourself to La Rivage, you need an easy way in. We have the French onion soup burger. That's what we're famous for. We have a secret off-the-menu burger that you can only find out about on your podcast. Well, Gotham Burger Gotham, has it too. I did watch that video. Yeah. They have it too. But yeah. now here. So if you mention this podcast, you can get the Steak au Poivre Burger at Le Rivage. Oh, well. That's, I guess I'm coming here. I'm going to come here every night. And I think life. that's going to be our contender for the next Burger Bash. Ooh, when's that? And when's that? I think, what is that? Uh, last week? It's first week of October, something like that? For, yeah, in right? the Food and Wine Festival? Food and wine? Yeah. It's somewhere there. Yeah, in the late fall or yeah. mid-fall. Mid it's or just when it's... Barely get no, it's not cold yet. Well, that, that, kind of the best time to come to New York. It is. Right. It is. No, no. Fat smelly. people weather in New York is the best time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it. Like when when I want to have that line of sweat underneath yeah. my titties here. God damn it. <laughs> or, or or the horrible smell in your nostrils from the <laughs> from the horrible garbage just sautéing in the. Oh, yeah. let's but, let's not go there. Yeah, let's not go there. Let's not go there. We end every episode. Uh, I have a little sign-off line that is, uh, and I would love for you to say, there's more to cut. That's just like something my grandmother always said about when she was making There's a, more to cut? There's more to cut. Yeah, so you just said it, but if you want to there's say it. There's more to cut. There's more to cut. Listen, folks, there's more to cut. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy, and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing, good enough to eat. Just a while.
love is sweeter. 